Alrighty. Beautiful. Hope you're well, people. We're recording from a hotel room, so bear with us, I guess. First one we're going to cover, uh, I thought we could cover a little bit about how the rental crisis is going and how people's rents are, are still rising. So median asking rents just for Sydney have shot up to $720 a week for houses on average and $680 a week for units on average. They they increased fairly quickly since COVID, albeit, I guess, especially for units from a low base. Yeah. Um, yeah. But They've now more than overtaken those losses across housing and units. Uh, depend doesn't matter what type of housing it, it is. I guess uh, part of the, the data that I got for this one is based off a guy called uh, Leith Van Olsen, who's from Macro Business, I believe is his website, and he covers a bunch of the economic, I guess, news. And something he talked about is uh, New South Wales, over the year to March 2023, New South Wales just received the largest intake of net overseas migrants in Australian history. They took in 153,400 net migrants over the last year to March 2023. So that's obviously a, a little bit of a, an older data data set seven months ago it ended, but that's 150,000 extra people. We're probably not building houses for all those people. Obviously, some of those people are in family groups or whatever, so there's a bit to add to that. But, yeah, like rents seem to just be going up more and – the government's goal seems to be to add to the population, which is only going to exacerbate rents, yeah. I guess, in the short and long term. So I wondered your thoughts on it. Yeah, look, no surprise. Absolutely no surprise. Um, three years ago, almost to the day, Simon Presley, friend of the show, was on property from Propertyology, was on Channel 7 Sunrise and said, we're about to have the biggest rental boom in history. Who's talking to Simon now about what's going to happen in the next couple of years? In government, who's talking to Simon? Nobody, because they think they know what the answer is. Um, it's amateur out at the comedy club, we've talked about it ad nauseum. Rents are only going to keep going up. Um, you know, the people keep saying investors need to sell so people can buy houses. Looney tunes, it's Disneyland stuff. Um, if you're renting, as we've talked about, try and lock in a long term lease because uh, rents are only going up. Shane Oliver said, you know, we've got to stop migration. We've got to stop people coming into the country until we sort the housing crisis out. But, you know, the Looney Tunes in charge um, just keep opening the floodgates. So mm. rents are only going to keep going up. Unfortunately, you know, we've talk they're talking about building 240,000 houses every year for the next five years. So 1.2 million houses in good locations how many times have we built 240,000 houses in a year in Australia? Never. But we're going to do it five years in a row. So, yeah, you just shake your head at this. It's lunacy. Um, but, look, what can you do? If you're a renter, you can try and lock in a longer-term lease, maybe get a bigger house with more people in it to try and you know, reduce the burden. Um, we've got lots of first-home buyers buying because the, good, the, the government schemes are there. And um, or they've got parents who can help with uh, go and guarantor because people are just seeing rents go up and up and up. So it's getting to the point where do I just do I keep renting or do I buy? So people are sort of making that choice. So you know, which is good. It's getting more people in. But yeah, if there's a if there's four people in a share house and two buy a um, a property or one buys a property, they've moved. So they've soaked up possibly one rental. Um, but there's no more rentals being built. So, yeah, 
lock in a long-term lease if you can. If you need help with you know trying to cover your rent, reach out to us because there are things you can do by looking at your budget, and, which we've talked about a bit. So, yeah. yeah, just if you need help, sing out. And, again, like we've talked, I've got friends just anecdotally who are complaining about rents being too expensive but they've got a spare room that they could maybe have a share house and set that up. Like there's plenty of ways to sort of work around yeah. that stuff. Um, so the Westpac Melbourne Institute of Consumer Sentiment, they, they do a consumer sentiment survey uh, every month. That index, which is what, how they express the, the figure of how things are going sentiment-wise, rose 2.9% to 82 in October, up from 79%, uh, 79, sorry, in September. So consumer sentiment has improved slightly, but uh, it's, it's not improving a lot, and 82 is still a pretty shit number mm-hmm. in terms of the index uh, historically for consumer sentiment. So among that survey, they also ask people what their expectations are con- considering things like the mortgage rate, so like official cash rate. Do they expect uh, the, the RBA to raise rates over the next you know coming months? So 63% still expect mortgage interest rates to rise over the next year, up sharply from 48% in September. So only uh, 7% of those surveyed expect rates to be cut over the next year. So most people are expecting things in the economy to get worse rather than better so it's sort of i guess i guess it's maybe glass half empty for those people but it's good hopefully that people are at least a little like i have a glass half empty approach where i think the economy is probably going to get worse mm-hmm. the measurements of how things are going are probably going to seem more dire than they already are but that's just me being realistic I'm not trying to be glass half empty. It seems like it's just a more realistic take to have based on all that's going on. So I just wondered your thoughts on that one. Well, look, I'm always glass half full. So regardless of what happens, um, there's always opportunity if you look for it. With with those things, consumer sentiment slightly improving, that's good. Um, My view is interest rates will drop quite massively between now and the end of 2024 when it when they do consumer sentiment will improve markedly and it'll be on like donkey kong getting into a house and prices will go up that's just my view i can't see it any other way we have massive we have massive um, population increase we have phenomenally massive undersupply of property um yeah, the government's going to rely on developers to provide the housing stock. They'll develop where they can make a profit, not necessarily where people want to live. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's as I said, it's a bit of a cluster. So, um, yeah, my view is if you're in a position to buy, you should. And don't worry about will the market go up and down in a couple of years' time. Over the course of time, property in Australia can do nothing but go up in value. And you can take that to the bank. We it just goes up like we've got the government announcing changes to superannuation, where if you've got a balance of over three mil, you're going to get taxed. What people will do is they'll reduce their super balance to just under three, and they'll have a couple of mil to spend. Now they won't put it in the bank; they will buy a property because that's what people do. So. I'm not sure it's the 10th of October 2023, mark this date, you were told that the next property boom is on the way because that's what's going to happen. It, mm. can't, it can't do anything but happen. Like there's issues. What's there's, a boom? What's a uh, definition of a, a boom? A boom, I think, is, is um, price increasing more than 
in a uh, year. In a year, right? Yeah, yeah that's how um, our our friends from Results Mentoring uh, put it forward. Yeah, you know, look, there are issues around. There's issues in Ukraine. There's issues in the Middle East with oil supply. Um, we've got the issues in the Middle East. We could have. We could have the. World War Three could have started two days ago. We don't know. Yeah. But you can't control that. All you can control is what's within your, um, you know, ability to control. So just worry about that. And if you're in a position to buy, you don't, and you, we've talked about this quite a bit, you don't have to, the first place you buy does not have to be the place you live in. No. You can, you can live in Surface Paradise or Sunshine Coast or Turak and rent a good place for probably half the price that you could buy it for on a month, on a per weekly basis. Yeah, you'll probably be paying a rent of five to six hundred a week compared to a mortgage of a grand or even more. So you can rent vest. You can buy we've had we've had clients who um, through some good friends who are buyers agents uh, bought a place in Gladstone in Queensland, three hundred and seventy two grand, just rented four days after settlement for four fifty a week, cash flow positive. So they're there. You just got nowhere to look. Yeah. Okay. Last one from me to sort of go along, I guess, with the whole thing of uh, maybe another reason for why building more houses to solve the rental crisis and the housing shortage is a stupid idea compared to the more simple way of maybe just, you know, not letting in as many migrants mm -hmm. in total for a little bit until we get a better handle on it. And again, like, I'm assuming they've got like the balancing act they're probably trying to figure out right now seems hard because we have way more people coming on to or looking to going to retire than there are people entering the workforce because we're not having as many kids. So we need more people in the workforce. We need more people to be paying tax so then we can fund medical shit and we can like we're going to have an increased load on the medical system because more people are getting older and that's when the, the wheels start to fall off so there's all these things running against them all at once um so i sort of understand why it's a pretty shit situation to be in but increasing the population by as much as they're going to is only going to make rent worse and people aren't really seeing their incomes rise so it's just becoming a little more unaffordable. So this thing that I was going to cover last is the construction cost side of things. So um, annually from 2020 until 2021, the annual change for new dwellings construction cost wise was just under 5%. Into 2021 into 2022, it rose from 5% in the middle of the year up to 10 or 11% in 2022 for new dwelling purchases as an annual change. And then it rose all the way between 2022 to 2023. It rose up all the way up to a bit over 20% while also uh, I think it was Brisbane. So the most impacted city for construction cost increases was Brisbane where the, the increase was over 35%. So the cost of construction to get stuff built has risen a lot. It's coming down, but it's still elevated. So the thing that we're worrying about on that front, I guess, is construction costs is a major driver of inflation. It obviously peaked in 2022, but it's coming down. Our population in 2022 increased uh, by 500,000 people, requiring around 200,000 additional homes and only 172,000 were built. 
And so we've got all these construction cost issues based on, you know, supply chain blockages, shopping costs and shipping costs, uh, getting things moved around during COVID was a lot harder. The cost of building materials increased as well because, one, it was harder to get stuff sent over here from other countries, but also we had a huge, like we had bushfires ablaze. So we're using Australian timber for a lot of our housing and the fires got rid of a lot of it. So our supply on the country is is a lot less too. So labour shortages definitely impacted things too, which might be helped by the fact that we're bringing in a lot of migrants. But the question is whether or not we're bringing in the, I don't want to say the right migrants because that sounds a bit racist, but I'm I'm talking more skilled about, labor, I'm talking labor. more about skilled yeah. labour. Yeah. yeah, so it sounds like um, from the little bit of reading I've done on it, as a person that likes unions and thinks unions are good, are a net good, it seems like the unions may have played a part in reducing the number of skilled workers we're going to let into the country who are going to be construction specialist workers, which is what we sound like we need right now yeah. if we're trying to push to build all these new houses. So at the end of the day, Dave, who the fuck knows? It's all a bit cooked. What were your thoughts? Part of the problem is we've got, no, we've got too many leaners and not enough lifters. So we've got people who um, don't look after themselves, they don't exercise, they don't eat properly, they smoke, they drink, carry on, so they clog up the health system. We have people who are unemployed either by choice. Yeah, no one begrudges someone who's unemployed who's down on their luck and is having a crack. But when people are unemployed as a lifestyle choice, that's something we've got to fix as a country. We talked about this when they had the Jobs and Skills Summit. Would have been October last year or the year before maybe. I can't even remember when. And, you know, the outcome was um, we need more skilled migration. That's part of the thing. But we've also got to do something to help the people who... Part of the reason the budget deficit has dropped is because quite a few people who were unemployed were getting jobs and unemployment rate is down even though we know the unemployment rate is dodgy because you know you work one hour a week and you're employed you know, that's just ludicrous so look there's plenty of things we can do with building costs you know when during the pandemic when we've got home builder and all these other things and governments saying we need infrastructure every other government was doing that around the world as well so you know they were demand for concrete went through the roof steel went through the roof timber went through the roof tradies to build this stuff went through the roof if anyone's listening and their child is 15 to 18 going into a trade is not a bad career choice because there's good money to be made and if you're a carpenter or a builder or a plumber or an electrician, um, there's plenty of good coin to be made in property because you can buy things that need love and fix them up. So, look, there's opportunity no matter where you look, no matter how hard you've got it, no matter how down in the dumps you are, you know, nobody loves me, everybody hates me, you think I'm going to go eat worms, don't really matter. Just you've got to look, you've got to look at where the opportunities are and if you can't find them, Give me a ring and I'll find them. Mm. Or just go on fucking Google. You might find some stuff there too. Look, you might. You might. What yeah. other uh, What other ones did you want to cover? Your no, look, just just a couple of things. Um, with Brisbane, it's top of the pops at the moment. Some of the property people are saying, uh, we tip Brisbane to be the property hotspot." Um, 
even though they tipped it for the nine previous years and it didn't do anything. But at the moment, Brisbane is on fire. It's up over 9% in the last nine months, and half of that growth has come in the last three months. Is that property price-wise? Property prices, yeah. Brisbane is going ballistic, and I think we mentioned last week, I read a stat that between now and 2050, um, 2.2 million extra people will end up in southeast Queensland. So between the Gold Coast and the Sunny Coast, I do love Brisbane might, and around a Toowoomba Ipswich. It so, might not be the same people, but I do love this industry because the, the property people love saying, oh, Brisbane's going to boom, it's a beautiful place, while also saying leave Brisbane, go to Perth because the property investors get treated better. But they're just talking out both sides of their know, mouth. See, that's the thing. It's with, perfect. With, with investors, um, they might go to Perth, but a lot of people will not relocate to Perth because it's too far oh, away. Oh, for sure, for so sure. So this is more going to be driven by owner-occupiers right. and especially people over 50 because you're going to get people who are over 50 and over 60 who are retiring. They'll be in good assets in Sydney or Melbourne worth $1.5 million and they can... I've got a mate who was in, in Sydney, sorry, in Newcastle. Him and his wife now live down near Tweed somewhere, or Kura Beach, I think. Sold their unit in Newcastle. His father passed away. He got half of a million-dollar house. Um, bought on the Sunshine Coast, put money in a super, and he works part-time and basically, if you look on Facebook, spends every day in a different pub. So, look, you know, he could end up passing away from alcohol poisoning in the next year or two, but... Um, so hopefully he's not sort of you know ripping in too much, but yeah. So look, Brisbane is tipped to yeah. Everyone, every man, their dogs barking about Brisbane. You know, people are saying oh, it's due to the Olympics. Um, probably won't be because with Sydney, the Olympics were announced in '93 and there wasn't much infrastructure. Um, so in seven years they had to build a lot. Whereas in Brizzy, it was announced about. 12 or 13 years before the Olympics, and a lot of stuff's already there. So it's just basically a weight of people. And Plus, are, there's no guarantee it'll actually go ahead. Oh, yeah, and there's and there's owner-occupiers are coming in. Owner-occupiers, as we know from attending auctions and seeing how our clients go, owner-occupiers pay more for property than investors because most investors are driven by return on investment and yield, and it's a rational buying decision, whereas owner-occupiers, it's emotional. People do silly things. A couple of other things I was just going to mention. Um, CanStar did some research on the banks, and we all know that the uh, cash rate has not risen for the last couple of months. The Reserve Bank's kept it on hold. My view is they might put rates up on Melbourne Cup Day because I think there's one more rate rise left in the tank. And I think the bank might do it just to make sure people don't go overboard at Christmas and that sort of thing. And what they looked at, CanStar, is that 48% of banks have lifted their variable rate by 0.5% on average mm. since the cash rate stayed on hold. And 81% of them have raised their fixed rates by around 0.27%. So what that tells me is if you're in a loan and your rate, if you're an owner-occupier and your rate doesn't start with a 5, I remember we were talking about your rate don't start with a 1 a year and a half ago or two years ago, but if your rate don't start with a 5, you're paying too much, you're getting ripped off, ring the bank up and say, guys, you're ripping me off. Um, yeah, Hans, what are, you, what are you doing to me, Hans? What are you doing to me? Um, and if your rate for investment is not starting with a very low six, even for interest only, um, yeah, you're breaking my 
hands. You're breaking the you know, hands. So I'll write you a stern letter. So just keep that in mind. The only other thing is I saw something in the Fin Review which was quite interesting and it was talking about uh, China and about how a lot of Chinese are just sick of what's happening in China. Um, you know, with, with you know, the two biggest property developers sort of teetering and just general issues and there's an expectation that there'll be an increase in Chinese investment in Australian real estate. So that could um, that could push rates, sorry, um, could push prices up as well. Uh, the only thing we're just going to mention was auction clearance rates. They've been a bit all over the shop lately because you've had, um, like Melbourne, the auction capital of Australia, you've had the um, AFL grand final and then you've had um, school holidays and those sorts of things. But, yeah, Sydney and Melbourne, Melbourne, um, this time last, Sydney and Melbourne this time last year, clearance rates were in the mid-high 60s. Now they're just over 70%. Adelaide going gangbusters, more auctions taking place there. Um, last year, 75%. Now it's 88%. So, um, yeah, it's plenty of, plenty, plenty of property transacting. Listings are going up, um, which is good. So more people are thinking this could be a good time to sell or... Holy dooly, my rate's gone through the roof. I can't afford to hold this property anymore. Or people who are a bit older thinking it's time to cash in and you know, downsize or move or um, move, in, move in with the kids who are just desperate to have them live with them. So um, probably not. But um, just one other thing, Damo, um, was in one of the articles you sent which you had to look at, and this was around renovating and what to do if you're renovating, especially if you want to improve the value of your property versus, um, you know, if, if you live in a house, um, a lot of the renos you do are to improve your enjoyment of the property. But if you're looking at things that are improving the value, increasing the number of bedrooms, um, one of the agents we know in um, Newcastle has this listing coming up soon and it's currently a two-bed, and he's come up with quite an ingenious way to turn it into a three-bed without losing too much of the house's enjoyment, which is quite good. Dedicated study areas, because people are still working from home, especially if there's enough room for two screens, because a lot of people are finding the productivity benefits of, of having two screens. Um, changing, if you've got four-bedroom house with a, a, a small fourth bedroom, there is benefit sometimes in making it a three-bed plus study as opposed to a fourth bed. Um, four beds don't always get, you don't always get the benefit of the extra bedroom, especially if you can only hardly swing a cat in it. And the other thing is plenty of sunshine. If you let the sun in, like, you know, you might knock a open up open up a wall to sort of put a you know um, full length um, window in so it's getting plenty of sunshine so yeah just um, just some things you can do you know cosmetic renovations um, you can do a lot of them you'll you'll watch things on the block where they say you know we did blah 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 for eight thousand dollars but then when you go to do what it costs you 50 because you don't have all the free trades people and all the uh, free material from home hardware or bunnings or whoever whoever sponsors it mm. so um but the first thing you need to do before you go anywhere near a renovation 
purchasing a property or even looking at a property to get your finance in place because we've we've got stories every week of people who miss out on property because they looked before they had the budget if you're going out for dinner you don't order up the menu and then say to them oh look i'll have, I'll have the money to you in a month that work yeah that. well it's uh, yeah like you don't if you go to don't go to a restaurant knowing what you want to buy without checking you if you can afford it or not yeah yeah yeah, and or ask for it. Like, and like a lot, a lot of people think the world operates like Uber does. That if it, you know, that a Thursday night at seven o'clock, you decide, hey, maybe it's time we buy a house. You want to move into it the next day. It just doesn't work like that. It's a good three to six month process. And you know, the place you're looking at to buy, um, there's probably a lot of other people looking at that as well. So, um, what we do with a lot of our clients is. Um, when we when when they're approved and we know what areas they want to buy in, is we'll reach out to the um, the agents that we know or put them in contact with a good buyer's agent who can help them because you know getting access to property um, I wouldn't call it off market but getting access to property before everyone else is um, you know can be quite handy um, you won't always get the best deal because you might overpay but so long as you're paying what you're happy with you got to be happy. Yeah. That was it. If you want to learn more about the mortgage broking stuff, moneysaverhomeloans.com.au is the way to do it. Um, that's it. Hope you enjoy the week. Yeah, if you need help, reach out. That's the thing. Don't don't stress it. Don't sort of worry about stuff too much. Um, if you need help, we get help. Excellent.